Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and we've got another great show lined up for you. We've talked about the prodigal son. And as we talked about this with our very special guest, Mike Burkhart, we actually started moving into a whole nother place with this, which is really about the redemption and restoration that happens when we've had an experience with Jesus and he comes into our life. This became so important in my mind and in prayer that I was like, we've got to have Mike come back to talk about redemption and restoration. It is my pleasure to welcome back Mike Burkhart. Welcome back, Mike. Well, thanks for having me again, Deb. It's a a pleasure. Well, when we had done the show on the prodigal son, what really struck me was this moment when you came to the Lord was actually in a jail cell. Let's take people at least to that moment so they can understand where the redemption and restoration comes in, why it is so monumental. Okay, without going into the uh, all the details we did in the last show, I was quite literally at the end of my rope. I was actually on the end of a rope. I had made a noose out of the sheets on my bed in jail and hanged myself. And the Lord untied that knot and started the process of redemption in my life in a jail cell in Sumner County, Tennessee. Uh, He literally picked me up off of that floor and pointed my feet in the right direction. And the redemption walk has been nothing short of just, that is my joy, Deb. It is, well, first of all, praise the Lord, right? I mean, that you are here today. And what really had struck me when you had shared this accounting was just how the Lord brought you through this. He literally left the sheet folded like it was pressed like yes. a white linen, which yes. I mean, for me reminds me of Easter. I think the yes. tomb is ent- empty, right? Yes. Like there's actually, for me, there was so much that had come up around that. And then it went beyond that. When you went to your sentencing, you, you've got to share that piece of it too, because that was a miracle. Yes. I was looking at a uh, considerable time uh, because of the things I had done. And uh, this judge had a reputation for not not being very lenient on people with the type of record I had. And uh, when I went into court, I'd done what little bit of praying I knew how to do at that time. And uh, when when it was my turn to come up, this lady looked at me and she cleared the bench, which she didn't do. My lawyer and the others left and she called me forward. And this very severe lady leaned forward and, and said, I don't know why I'm doing this. She said, I've got a daughter that's in the same shape that you are, and she's going to the same treatment center that you've signed up for. And she said, I'm going to give you one shot, mister, and I never will forget. That lady's words are etched in my mind. She said, I'm going to commute your sentence to 45 days, and if if you don't so much as spit in the air for the next five years, we'll commute the rest of it. But she said, if you kick a rock the wrong direction, I'll send you up for 10. And so my sentence, which should have been three to five years minimum, was commuted to 45 days, and I went to treatment and started the process of walking as I should have from the beginning. So take us to this place of you go through treatment. You're literally talking about a massive life shift here. Somebody who'd been involved in drugs and alcohol and some other things, and all of a sudden you have this experience with God. Mm-hmm. And you're in treatment. How do you go from there? Like this is it, it, right. It's a little bit overwhelming. It is uh, one of the things I think 
our churches could learn to do better is that it took me two years to figure out what Mike Burkhart liked or wanted to do or even who I was. It, <laughs> it took me two summers to figure out that you could fish with two hands. I didn't realize that you didn't have to hold a beverage in the other to fish. And as corny as that sounds, that's where our Lord comes in, and he started me walking. That's why I think he used the reference of walking so often. I started that walk. Uh, the love of my life finally consented to marry me during that time. I wouldn't have married me previously either. And uh, she actually came to the Lord before I did. I'm a riverboat captain by trade. I think we talked about that last time. And I was on the boat. And uh, to be completely frank, I was a jerk. I was dry. But I had no peace. And we had a son. And that first year of our marriage was not good because I was miserable. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be a man because um, alcohol and drugs, a sinful lifestyle will stunt you from the point you started until you stop. So this, for instance, I started drinking when I was 17. I got out when I was 31. Well, there was a 17-year-old living in there trying to figure out how to be a man, to learn how to be a Christian and a father and to be a riverboat pilot and all this at the same and it was it was driving me insane and uh my wife called me once when i was on the boat we had gone to just about every church in the hopkinsville kentucky area and <laughs> usually by the time we left we were fighting and it was my fault but she called me once on the boat and her voice even sounded different deb she said mike i found it and so i came home and we went to this mixed pentecostal church it's the first time in my life i had ever worshiped with people from every creed, color, denomination, whatever. I mean, there were blacks, whites, Puerto Ricans, people, I don't even know their lineage. And they were all lifting up their hands and praising the Lord and just having a great time. And I thought, she's carried me to a nut house. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not going to lie. I've never been around people that were actually happy to know Jesus. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm not hanging around this mess. So I went where my son was in the two-year-old class. And the Lord anointed a gentle little lady in the two-year-old class. She gave a Bible study to those babies that had me trembling to the point I just had to leave the room. And that's the first time, hallelujah, that's the first time I truly tasted and saw that the Lord was good. He showed me Mike Burkhart the way he saw Mike Burkhart, and I wanted to crawl under the, the rug. But then he also... When he showed me that, he showed me Calvary in a way that I'd never seen it. That he truly did die for this wretch. That he truly did go into the ground for my flesh to die. And then he rose again on that third day so that the same spirit that said, let there be to all this great creation could dwell in this thing. And it overwhelmed me, Deb. It's overwhelming me now. I mean, I'm just, I just—I feel like I just want to get down and like start in a worship right now. It's in in and praise the Lord on so many levels as you're talking, Mike. One thing I appreciate you about you so much is that I can feel this in you. Like it's almost as if I'm back in the nursery with the two year olds, and I—it's like you're bringing me there. I can feel it in your presence. And one thing I love about how you witness for the Lord is that it is just in you. It comes out of you. And just, I thank God well, for that in you. To me, Deb, 
how could you not? People can read about Niagara Falls and tell you what they read in a book and go, oh, it's a lovely large body of water that falls over a bunch of rocks in New York. Or you can speak to someone that was there and they go, man, as soon as you get out of your car, you can feel the vibration and the, the, the mist is in the air and the closer you get, the stronger it is. That's Jesus. There's nothing more depressing on the planet than an old long-faced Christian. I do, I do not ever want to go up to someone whose life is shattered by sin or, or, or been wronged or broken and tell them about Jesus. I want them to know my Redeemer lives. My wife and I, and I digress for a moment, but in our Bible study, we were reading about Zacchaeus. You know, and those of you not familiar, he was a tax collector in Palestine and these weren't like the IRS. These guys could do anything to take your money, and most of them were extremely bad people. And Jesus was walking through Zacchaeus' hometown, and Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree because he was like me. He was a short dude. And when Jesus walked by, he looked up, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree, dude. I'm going to abide in your house today. And Laura and I were talking, and that's where I was. Jesus walked by one day and looked up and said, Mike, get out of that tree. I'm going to abide with you. And we, we, we studied the word abide, and that means to dwell within and to stay with and be part of your home. That's, that's what we've got. And I encourage believers, if you know him, know him. Walk like you know him. Don't just wear belt buckles and T-shirts, but, but let him live in you. Mm. That's the power. Amen. Like when you feel, I mean, that is it. Yes. When he abides in you. Exactly. And through you, that is it. Yes. That's it. Yes. Amen. I love this. And so, I, I guess here, as we went on, I started trying to live for God. But Deb, after 15 years of hard drug and alcohol use, my mind was kind of shot. We couldn't have this conversation we're having right now back then. I would forget things. I would, my, I would fog off. I, I, I would forget. And I was trying to read his word, and, and I couldn't remember what I had read by the time I walked across the room. It, I, was, I was in despair, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, how am I going to serve you if I can't even remember what I'm reading? And he didn't speak like Charleston Heston from the sky, you know, hey, Mike, I got something for you to do. <laughs> he, but he spoke to my heart. He said, read my word, and I'll heal your mind. And, Deb, I kept a King James Bible in my pocket. For t I read it cover to cover twice in one year, and my mind started clearing up. And, and all of a sudden, these great stories started living in my life. I love, I love this. And Mike, this is something you and I have had a lot of interesting things in common. And this was actually a challenge for me at one point in my journey as well. I could sit there and I would read the word and then I couldn't remember. And it was finally one day someone said, Deb, we're going to pray for you. They actually, it was, it was fascinating, but it was the same thing. Keep reading. Be persistent. Be patient in this. And it was the more that he drew me in, the fog kept clearing yes. up. Yes. And I mean, praise God for that. But, you know, we want to encourage people. This might be something other people, yes. you know, have also been dealing with as well. Yes. And so we want to make sure that do not be despaired. There's no. not despair. Do not be no. discouraged. God is working in all of this. No. And why would a God that loved so much to die for us give us a book we can't understand amen stay with him amen stay with it 
We've got so much more to talk about with Mike Burkhart. We're going to take a brief pause. This is Deb McGregor. You're listening to Live Joy, Share Joy. We'll be back in just a moment. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Nourishing Ways by Kelly Joe. Personalized nutrition coaching designed to help women ditch dieting for good and cultivate confidence in themselves so they can nourish their bodies with the food they love without the stress and guilt. Hi, I'm Kelly Joe. I have over 20 years working as a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. Let me help you live the joy-filled life you crave. Contact me today on Facebook at Nourishing Ways, that's W-E-I-G-H-S, or call me today at 218-368-4911. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice. Serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, First Choice, take you home. This is Deb McGregor. You're listening to Live Joy, Share Joy. Our special guest is Mike Burkhart. We are talking about joy and redemption. And Mike, boy, let's just get right back into it because God has definitely been working in your world. (laughs) Well, you know, he he definitely has. and, And I bless his holy name for that. Um, like I, said, I was saying earlier, he had worked on me to, to read his word and clear my mind. And all of a sudden, all these stories that I heard as a boy became living entities in my life. They had meaning. Well, that was great. My wife and I, our marriage started solidifying, and, and she's the joy of my life. And, and things just started getting better. And I've got to throw this in because <laughs> my wife is, is very health conscious. Laura has has worked hard to keep us eating healthy and living right, and uh, I'm living proof that it works. I'm 63. I still do burpees and take nothing except a lot of coffee. But uh, she wasn't big into fast food back then, and I wasn't quite on board as much as I should have been, and I was basically slipping off to get myself a hamburger. And the Lord put on my heart as I was pulling up, if you've got enough money to buy a McDonald's hamburger, you can give somebody a Bible. Well, I wheeled around right in front. <laughs> I haven't eaten at the Golden Arches for 27 years. Nothing against McDonald's or its employees, but just for us. And we started purchasing, and I'm a King James guy. You know, I'm not saying if you don't read the King James Bible, you're going to go to hell, but you're probably going to have trouble understanding them talking up in heaven, but that's my opinion. <laughs> But anyway, I, I got a line on some Bibles, and in our little hometown, they had this bike night every Thursday, and bikers would come in from everywhere. I'm a Harley guy. Love my Harley. And uh, they would come in, and they would have bands and barbecue in this little old Mayberry town. And we, the Lord put on our hearts, we set up this booth, and we'd give away Bibles, water, and cold drinks. 
and bless his holy name. In just a few years, we gave away like 400 and some odd Bibles. Wow. One of those Bibles sent us to Minnesota, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Well, as it went on, the Lord started dealing with me about, look, I brought you out of the jail. You need to go back in. And so I prayed about it and prayed about it, and I got in with the Gideons, a wonderful ministry that gives out the Word of God, and I definitely want to give a plug for them, and started going to, to the jail with the Gideons. And then I started going also with a group of Mennonites that were going and giving out these Bibles because uh, there's an old... <laughs> There's an expression my grandmother had when I was a boy. If you want to teach people how to stop stealing chickens, get an old chicken thief. And I certainly qualify for that one. And so I started going. And, uh, Deb, i got to tell you, one of the things that both brings me joy yet keeps me driven is that probably within the first year of going to the jail, the nights that I visited got shifted from Thursday to Friday and Friday nights were family visitation night, and I had never made the connection in my mind that these guys that I was seeing, I knew they had families, but, but the physical connection wasn't there. And, Deb, when I walked through that lobby that night, and I saw all these little unkempt children, these confused ladies sitting there wringing their hands, all of them before these visitation windows, it broke me. And it added a new dimension it added a, a desperation to, to what I, the Lord wants to do in this ministry. These men need to be with their families. They need to be a part of these children's lives to change the trajectory of these, these family histories. I, I, I'm actually, I actually deal with third and fourth generation individuals in the jail, and I've had some of the toughest individuals on the planet walk up to me with tears in their eyes and go, I wish I'd had a dad to snatch me up and say, son, you can do better than this. And I know that I know if they could just know our heavenly father, he would fill the void left by earthly fathers as these earthly fathers start on a trajectory back to him. And that's what drives us. So we gave away these Bibles for a couple of years, and believe it or not, one of those Bibles got us to Minnesota because I didn't know anything about Minnesota 10 years ago except it was tagged on to Canada some kind of way. I, <laughs> I, I didn't know. And uh, we were walking through Walmart, of all places, and this enormous African-American gentleman grabbed me by the arm and said, I know you. I thought, oh, Lord, here comes the thrashing. And uh, he lit up, and there was a lady with him. It was his mother, and he said, you gave me my favorite Bible. Okay. He said, I've been dreaming about you, and you're supposed to go up here. And he drew a map on an envelope that was in my wife's purse. That's three miles, about three or four miles from where we live right now. And then another series of events happened that kept pointing us to Minnesota. So we thought, well, we'll just drive up there and see this place. Maybe they'll leave us alone. But when we got here, we knew we hadn't left home. We came home. And I want to commend all of you wonderful people in Minnesota. Minnesota Nice is one of the best-kept secrets in the nation. God bless you. We've been made to feel welcome, and especially God bless his people up here because I do have family in Minnesota. But So I started getting involved in the jail ministry up here, and the recidivism, the, the returning to the streets and then returning back to jail just broke my heart. And 
the Lord started dealing with us years ago. How do you get these folks that don't go to a conventional church, how do we get the word to them? So the Lord bought us a school bus last year. He, he bought a really nice bus, and we're refurbishing it, and we're going to make a mobile Bible study. So all of you listening that, that are prayer warriors or don't know that much about prayer, go ahead and throw one in for me. I, I beg you, please pray that this ministry honors our Father. But we're going to start going out to various locations where recently released inmates or anyone who doesn't feel they fit right now into the conventional church mode. And we're going to have Bible studies. We're going to have coffee. Uh, there are going to be men that have experience in marriage counseling and job counseling. And we may just talk about the weather. But we're going to have some place where Jesus Christ will be glorified out in the field. And that's my joy. That's my joy. Because how can I ever pay him back, Deb, for what he did in this miserable life, for what he's doing right now, for what he's done? That I believe the 30 minutes of silence in heaven is when he reveals to all of us what he did that we didn't even see. I think we're just going to have to slap our hands over our mouth and go, yeah. how? I didn't even know, Lord. Yeah. And, uh, but, but that's our life. That's my joy. That's my joy, and I have no greater joy than to know that my family, my children, will live for God. And I'm so blessed to know that my precious bride wakes up every day, and that's, that's her thought. I want to live for God. And I, I love it when I'm walking on the street and I see some of the recently released, Brother Mike, man, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> I love it. I don't care if I ever get famous, but if, 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 if they can know that, that there's a dude that knows Jesus, my day's been made. Well, and... Is there anything better than that? No. 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 I mean, this is, and, and this is why when I tell people, like, you are the real meal deal. It's when you meet you, you experience Jesus in you. And, yeah. and I thank God that you continue to give your yes to him and, and you are in obedience. And the Island of Misfit Toy, did we actually say what the name of the bus <laughs> no. was? I can't remember well, now. <laughs> it, it, it's a thing we've talked about. There's an old uh, claymation Christmas special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and there was an area there called the Island of Misfit Toys where the toys that didn't quite fit the perfect toys that Santa was giving out, they were sent off. Well, then they went out and got and gave them to children who didn't have anything. And to, that's what I am. I was a broken toy that nobody wanted, yet our Lord came to my island and lifted me out of it and showed me that I could be a gift in the kingdom. And that's our, that's our goal is to let these that their own families may have given up on them. Society's given up on them. The jails and the courts may have given up, but Jesus Christ didn't. When he said it is finished on the cross, he means all the misery and heartache and brokenness can be finished in your life if you would just give him a chance. And I encourage any of my brothers and sisters in Christ, you may not have had the path that I have, but your testimony is just as powerful. If you know him, talk about him. Amen. He'll put the words there. Amen. And people need this experience. I mean, Revelations talks to us. People are going to know Jesus through our testimonies. Yes. And I believe now more than ever, we are called to share our testimony yes. now more than ever and open the door for these experiences for people yes. to have that. That's what makes all the difference. What I also love about what you're doing is that you are an example. Like I, I know I use the word rebel a little bit, but I mean it in the, the best of ways. You're, you're, 
a barbarian. You're a rebel. You're going against the grain. You're bringing Jesus to his people. But this is what Jesus did, right? Jesus walked. He went to the next town. He just kept moving on. And I, what I love about this project that you're going to be doing is that you are bringing Jesus to the people. You are meeting people where they're at. And that's a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. It's really nothing new, though. It's everywhere no. in the word. It is. But in our world right now, how it is, it can yeah. feel like a little bit of a paradigm shift of maybe how we're looking at it. And my hope is that you are going to inspire more people that when they get that prompting from the Lord or that idea that they kind of go, well, you know, there was that guy named Mike. And I mean, he did this Island of Misfit toy bus. Why wouldn't I do this thing? Right. Well, I'm kind of a poster boy for that anyway. Everybody's like, well, <laughs> Mike could do it. Surely the goodness. <laughs> You know, know, I mean, people look at me and go, yeah, if that idiot can pull it off, yeah. You know, but there again, my hero in the Bible (laughs) is Balaam's donkey. I figure if he can use a jackass, he can use a hillbilly, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That mule turned around the course of events for the nation of Israel. And he can pull, that's why, don't think you're too awkward for God. Yeah, He loves putting things together and making what he wants out of you. Yeah, amen. And as you and I had said before we go live, what's the best thing we want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Seven words. Seven words. It is so simple, but it's just so important. Mm. Mike, you are amazing. <laughs> God working through you is even more amazing. And I just want to thank you for coming in to talk to us about joy and redemption. I want to thank you for your yes to God, your obedience to God. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's, it's been my privilege. And- God bless all of you. Yeah, thank you so much. We want to thank Mike Burkhart for coming in today. We want to thank all of you for listening today. And we just pray that God continues to work through this show to reach you, to take you deeper into relationship with God, and ultimately that you'll be living joy and sharing joy. These are amazing fruits of the Holy Spirit. We hope that God's working in your life. We want to thank you for tuning in. This is Deb McGregor. You've been listening to Live Joy, Share Joy. Have a great day, everyone. Blessings to you. Live joy.